So happy that you have joined me for episode two. We are still a very young podcast, but growing steadily by the week, right? Week by week. So um, for those of you that are tuning in for the second time, you do remember that we are going to be talking about identity this week, right? Um, so last week, for those of you that didn't listen or tune in, I, you know, introduced myself as your host, Jalon Martz, and told you a little bit about me and a, a lot about the heart behind the podcast, Walking Well. Um, and I close up by saying that this month, the month of August, uh, we'll be talking about identity. And um, so today, the name of the episode is hashtag same team, right? So we're going to be talking about um, just a little bit of what happened after I got for real saved and um, how I walked through that process. So Let's just jump right into it, right? Um, So hashtag same team. For those of you that listened to the first episode, you heard me say that I got to sort of the end of myself around early adolescence and middle school, you know, found myself just beat up, busted and disgusted, hurt and crying all the time over all of my poor choices and um, was just like, Lord, I got nothing left. And and, in that point in time, I just felt God like swoop in and come and grab me. There's a story in Ezekiel that sort of, um, don't make me lie and tell you I know what chapter it is, but it might be like 36 or 37, maybe. Um, But it talks about this process of like young Israel. It's like the story of young Israel and sort of like this allegory of a young woman um, at birth being found in a field, strangled on her own blood, not really breathing, like who has a baby and tosses out in the field, doesn't even clean it, doesn't even, you know, do all the things that are necessary for this baby to live. And someone passed by, a man passed by and said and spoke over the, the baby, live. And immediately the child just started growing up and and the person came and took care of the baby and she grew up and became beautiful you know and the story goes on and I just felt like that was my process with the Lord that I was strangling on my own stuff right on my own junk wasn't living was making poor choices didn't really have a great outlook on you know not being a statistic and in tons of ways and God just came and was like nope you're gonna live and you're gonna live you know according to my word and the kingdom and all these things that I've made available for you through Jesus. And, um, and so like, I felt so just not even powerful, but just empowered. Like the Lord came in and was just loving on me. Like I could tangibly feel the love of God. There are times when my family would be like, Hey, okay, Jalon, we're going to go out to dinner. Do you want to come? And I'd be like, no, I'm going to worship. It's going to be great. Oh my gosh. No, you guys leave, leave, leave. And I would just worship the Lord. And it felt like I was like under this open heaven and could just sense God's presence and tangibly feel it like goosebumps and all. And it was awesome. And it was amazing. And I was praying and just feeling like, yeah, God was in agreement with me. And we were just getting after it, you know, and I'm binding things, Lord, and you're taking care of it. And I'm loosing things, Lord, and you're taking care of it, you know, and just like that was that was how we rolled for like three or four months and then um one day I feel like it was just one day suddenly um all that stopped like that was the way like just I felt like my prayers weren't getting off the ground you know I felt like I would worship God and it was like hmm 
well, that didn't feel exciting. Or, you know, I'd be in my quiet time and be like, God, are you even here? Like the, the space feels dead. The air feels dead. Like what is even going on? And, um, and that was like a crisis of faith for me because for so long, that was how I gauged God's nearness. That was how I gauged God's presence. That was how I gauged, okay, God, we good? Oh yeah, we good. Cause you're still showing up to worship. All right. You know, and, and, and then all of a sudden all that is gone. And it's like, God, do you even love me? Do you even like me, God? Like everything that I felt so secure in at one time, I, I re, like, I didn't realize, but now I do. I realized I had built on all of this tangible feeling and not on the word of God. And, you know, and this is why it is so important to know who you are and who God is, because that's your lifeline. Like John 15 talks about staying vitally united to God, because if you don't, you can't do anything apart from him. You're not going to produce anything. You're not going to be able to stand on anything and resist anything. If you don't have that union with, with Jesus, if you're not staying vitally united to your source. And, you know, man, if Satan can get you to let go of that, to sever that connection that you have with the Lord. Like it's, it's game over because there's, I mean, what are you going to stand on? What are you hoping on? You're going to hope in your ability. You know how feeble and fallible you are. Like that's not going to work. Um, and so for me, Satan came, Satan came in and like attacked my identity and attacked my belief in who God was all in one fell swoop. Um, he just started with lies, man. I like something you've got to know about the enemy and my, my, um, my spiritual dad, you know, told us this and it was like such a such an awesome perspective to have. But he would say, hey, you know, Satan takes takes advantage of what you don't know. And he does not play fair. And so at the time, like I was zealous, like I was a baby Christian, but I didn't have roots. Like I didn't I was I was getting after it. Like, oh, yeah, this is what, how people need to live. And oh, yeah, let me give you the word of God on that. And, oh, but I, I didn't I was zealous without knowledge. And so the enemy just came in and would just start telling these lies like, you know what? I don't feel God either. He is not here. I wonder what that's about. Maybe you did something. Maybe, oh, you know what it was? You probably, you've been that, remember that sin you said you were going to stop that you didn't? That's it. Cause you know, I'm pretty sure God can like forgive the sin that you do. Like you sin over here in one area and you stop that and you go to a new area. God's cool with that kind of forgiveness. But you talk like falling over and over again in an area that mm-mm, he ain't about that. He can't. I mean, what is he supposed to do with that? Like that's intentional sin. You know what the Bible says about intentional sin? Like, believers don't intentionally sin so man are you saved like wow this is interesting you know and um and 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 just the lies would keep coming and keep coming and I don't I don't have any I don't I don't have the depth of the word inside of me to know what's true and what's a lie so I'm like oh my goodness I I have been sinning in the same way (gasps) oh my gosh you know and um (laughs) you know I, it caused me to surrender what was rightfully mine and what was blood bought by Jesus' sacrifice because I didn't, I didn't know the word. Um, now I know <laughs> the truth, which is I'm the righteousness of God. I know that um, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I know that Jesus took the full penalty for my sin when he died on the cross. I know that he was made sin so that I could be made righteous. That as Jesus is in this, in, in the world, you know, as Jesus is, so am I in this life. Um, I know that nothing can separate me from his love. I know that now, but the only way that I know that now is because I've spent time getting the word deposited in me and getting up in the morning and spending some free time looking over the word and being intentional about sowing the word into my heart, um, about getting, you know, being in a Bible based Bible teaching church about surrounding myself with people that speak the word of God, that know the word of God, that agree with, you know, the word of God that are like-minded believers. Like 
it's taken that process to get understanding and to grow roots in the word. So like for us, for a lot of us, you know, you have health insurance, you have car insurance, whatever. And, um, you know your policy, right? So if you have to go to the doctor, you know what's covered and you know how much your copay is going to be. So if you get up to the counter and they're like, oh, that'll be $500, you're like, well, I'm supposed to pay 50 because this was done, this was done, that's supposed to be covered. You know, you have intimate knowledge of your insurance, of your policy. The word of God and our relationship with Jesus is the same way. We have got to got to know because we have a covenant with God, right? Like that's what we have when we come when we came into Jesus. We had forgiveness of our sins and we were grafted in into the family of God. And with that comes a covenant. With that comes I've done so that you can have. I've done so that you can have. I've done so that you can have. And so we have a covenant of healing. We have a covenant of righteousness. We have a covenant of wholeness with God. Um, but if we don't know the word of God, if we don't have fellowship with God, there is absolutely no way that we can stand on that word and go, man, I have a sore throat. Oh, I'm supposed to have healing because that is, I have a covenant of healing. Healing is your children's bread is what the word of God says. And not to say that you don't take your medicine, not to say that you don't go to doctors because that is the wisdom of God in the earth, but that you go, I'm going to take my pill. And then in my spirit woman, in my inner woman, I'm going to stand and believe the word of God that I have the spirit of might on the inside of me and I resist all sickness and disease that, um, Jesus bore my, my sicknesses, all of my infirmities on the cross, you know, that we stand in the word of God and that thing. We have a covenant of safety. Psalms 91, we dwell in the secret place of the most high. We abide under the shadow of the almighty. We have angels that go before us, that bear us up in their hands as we dash our foot against the stone. Like you hear how I'm quoting these things. It's because it's, I've hidden your word in my heart. I have intimate knowledge of my covenant with God. And so now in this space, um, I, I know what the word says. I know what's in my policy. So I go, oh, no, I, I don't receive any any fear about safety because I have a covenant of safety. Um, and man, let me just encourage you guys, like it has taken years and waves of restoration for the Lord to have brought back to me what I surrendered in that space in my life. Because in a lot of ways and in, in the lies about who I was and the lies about who God was and who God was not to and for me, I started to turn on God like you left me. I depended on you. I opened myself wide open to you and you abandoned me. And I don't know why. Why did you do that? You know, why did you go away? Why did you, you know, yada, yada, yada. And that happens so many times we get offended and are hard at God. A couple weeks ago, even, you know, things weren't working out with, uh, with some employment stuff that I was really, you know, looking into and wanted to happen. And I could feel in my heart, you know, how in the scriptures it talks about, uh, the guy that was gonna, he had gotten a bunch of stuff. He's like, Oh, I, he said in his heart, he's gonna build a bigger barn and so that he could store more of his stuff in the barn. It was like in my heart, I was saying in my heart, God, why aren't you letting this happen? Like, God, my intentions are good. Like, I want to progress, Lord. I want to be able to sow. I want to be able to build. I want to be able to bless people. Why aren't you making that happen for me? Why aren't you letting that happen? Happen? Why are you holding me back? And a lot of times we have those conversations in our heart against God. God, why did you let that happen? God, why didn't that person get saved? God, why didn't that person get healed? Why didn't you? You're all powerful. God, why did you do that? Why didn't you do that? You know, why am I still single? Why is this marriage not going the way that I want it to? God, why don't I get answers about this infertility or whatever it is? So many times we can get hardened in our heart at God about what's not going the way that we want it to go. 
But in reality, in reality, the enemy is lying to you. And you have to go back and find out what the word of God says. Ask and keep on asking. Surely you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I have a good plan for you. I want to bring you to an expected end. I desire that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Right? That's God's heart towards you. And that's really where we fall short. We really fall short in not knowing the heart of our father. And again, it's important. I've said to you before the importance of of, of being somewhere where someone's teaching you the word of God. It's so important to get to be in a place where you're getting understanding with all you're getting get under get knowledge and get understanding um because there are a lot of people saying a lot of things about god that are simply not true and for us it is our responsibility to get in the word of god to get you know to seek god's face personally so that we know who he is because like i said in in the lies that the enemy told me i surrendered so much of like my my relationship with with God was so easy um, in those first few months. And it was just like, God's easy. God's going to be there. I trust God. God is good. His heart is good. For me. I, I did not question those things. It wasn't until the enemy came with his lies that I was like, is God good? Does God love me? Will he stay with me? Or will, you know, did he forsake me? It's the same thing that he's been doing, though. The, the, the enemy's MO has not changed since the Garden of Eden, calling to calling into question God's word. Um, so I turned on God, right? Like, I totally was like, wow, you did leave me. Yeah, you did abandon me. Yo, you were unfaithful to me. And and it wasn't that I was saying that, but my heart's posture was that. Um, and it's like I said, it's taken waves of understanding. When I got when I first got to see Jackson in 2009, I felt like God had to do some major overhaul. Like I was like a, a busted down car that needed oh, we got to take this engine out. We got to replace it. It needs all new wiring. It needs all new hosing. Like God had to do some major things in my heart. And he so did. But like that continued. I went to college and I attended a church that would have like a, a deep spiritual retreat a couple times a year. Um, and I went to one of those and the Lord brought more understanding and more restoration and more healing in that process. Um, and then even as recently as this past July, I went to the Grace Conference with World Changers Church and God brought such a huge overhaul into my belief system again. And man, it's just so important. <laughs> it's so important um, to know who you are in God, what God has made available to you and who God actually is. Um, so what's the practical piece here? Like what, what am I even saying? What is, what matters? You know, I'm telling this story. It's all personal. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Right. So practically, um, this is what I'm saying. There's a process of finding out what God says about you and who, what God says about himself. And it's called studying the word and renewing your mind, plain and simple. Sometimes I'm talking and I wonder, like, do people already know this stuff? Like, this is, this is basic, right? But man, like, I don't want to skip over just giving someone something practical that's been super impactful in my life. Studying the word of God, not just garaging scriptures and storing them away, but like knowing the word of God so that you get understanding so that, you know, like if you don't know, you don't know when people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, like they don't know. So the enemy takes advantage of what they don't know. Um, and I, I remember this time I did some things <laughs> when I was younger and I don't really know why I did them. I don't know what in me, a lot of things that I learned when I was younger, I feel like the Holy Spirit taught me himself because I didn't necessarily see anybody around me doing these things. But I remember being like, 12 or 13 and I had note cards (laughs) I think taped to my ceiling of all these different scriptures and I you know just put them up there and I would I mean that's kind of how I I 
memorize scripture a little bit. And now what I do, especially when I'm dealing with something, you know, kind of consistently, I'll write scriptures on my mirror for my sisters. They share, I share a bathroom with them. (laughs) I'll write, you know, this is who the Lord says that you are. This is what the word of God says that the law of kindness is in, you know, a woman of God's mouth. And you put it before your eyes. You constantly have it before you you know my friend I had a roommate in college who had all these kind of like baby sticky notes and she stuck them all over her car like her steering wheel the center of it had the the big one she was memorizing but she had a few others that she'd have on her dashboard and stuff like that and so it's really just about like part of it is the exposure like you need to expose yourself to what the word of God says Um, when I was struggling with with God's identity I got a ton of scriptures about, you know, who God says that he is, that he's gracious, that he's kind, that he's long suffering, um, that his heart is good towards us. Like I, I got tons of, of those and put them on note cards and wrote them in expo marker on my mirror. Um, and, and that really, that that's great because that's exposure. But the other part of that, the other side of the coin is renewing your mind. So Romans 12, one and two talks about dedicating all of your members um, to knowing God being transformed by the renewal of your mind, being constantly, continually transformed. And that's really just choosing to agree with how the word says things are. You know, um, a lot of times we challenge scripture because we're like, oh, I don't see that happening. Like, why do bad things happen to good people? Then God, if your desire is that, you know, we should all be safe. And it's like, yo, I mean, <laughs> just because you don't see the manifestation of it consistently across the board does not mean that that is not God's best and God's intention for your life. So you exercise your faith over the places that you have authority, your life, the people that are connected to you, and you believe to see God's word manifested in those areas. Um, so like when you have areas of weakness, I played sports, um, basketball, you know, my brother would be like, you didn't play sports. I played sports. <laughs> I played basketball in high school. And, um, you know, in any kind of sport, you have a strategy. The goal in basketball is to keep the opposing team from shooting the ball into your basket. And so you have people strategically placed to sort of guard the basket. And, you know, if I'm sitting on a block and there's someone on the opposing team that's going to try to take a three-point shot, I come off my block. But what happens to that space now where I've left? That space is open. It's vulnerable. Someone from the other side could jump on my block. They could, you know, take a pass from the person I went out to guard and make an easy layup. What you do instead is have somebody from your team take your place so that that space, the block is not vulnerable and open basically to attack. You shore up the spaces that are vulnerable. And that's absolutely what we have to do with the word of God. And the areas where you're struggling, be it, you know, I'm impatient, I lack self-control, man, my tongue, my mouth is sharp, or I, um, I'm i getting really frustrated, or I'm super disappointed with the Lord, or I'm really fearful, I'm having anxiety attacks, man, never, never, never underestimate putting the word, <laughs> putting the word on your situation, Um So for me, I had to get super practical. Like, who is God? Um, I had to get super practical in finding someone that I I trusted um, as a teacher to like Joyce Meyer has some awesome teachings on taming your tongue, has some um, amazing teachings on just she's just super skillful about (laughs) being kind, believing God, applying the word. But find a teacher that you trust to teach on the subject. Find a book of theirs. Find a sermon of theirs. And really just hone in and give concentrated effort to that area. Find scriptures to study. Write them on your mirror. Get sticky notes. Get note cards. Put them around your house. You know, listen to teachings from people that you trust to sort of um, break it down for you, to give you understanding in that area. Go over it. Look over the scriptures. Think on them. Meditate on them. One of my favorite things that my spiritual dad taught me um, 
<laughs> taught me, taught my church, you know, um, was to sit whenever you're reading the word of God to stop and go, Lord, I just thank you that wisdom and revelation flow freely and uninterrupted as I'm reading your word. Um, that Holy Spirit placing, he calls it placing a demand on the Holy Spirit, you know, just sort of like, Hey, Holy Spirit, I need you to open this up for me. I need you to give me insight. I need you to give me understanding. I need you to give me clarity on this because that's what we were given the Holy Spirit, man. The, the, the scriptures say the Holy Spirit was given to you to remind you of all things and to teach you all things. And so we have all these tools, all this arsenal, every all these things available to us that we are not tapping into. And the Holy Spirit is one of those big ones. Like, Hey, I'm going to read this word. God, it says, you said this, it's living. I need you to open this up for me. Show me where it's breathing. Show me how it's relevant. Show me how it applies and show me how to use it. Um, and that's really what we need. We need the word of God to come alive for it to pierce our hearts, for it to show us and shine light on things. Right. And so um, that that's really a big one for me sitting down and just saying, Lord, open this up to me. Please give me understanding. And then you just you you stick with the process. You've got your scriptures. You're studying them. You're looking at them. You're listening to sermons. You're reading books on it. Man, steep yourself in that stuff. Stay with the process. Stick with it. Keep renewing your mind. Keep choosing to think how you um, keep choosing to agree with the word of God and and allowing God to change the way that you think, man, because I don't want you to I don't want you to think that your job is changing yourself. Your job is exposing yourself to the word and and believing that God is going to change you. Um, I think it's Philippians 2. Uh, it talks about Lord. The, I pray this over my life, but um, I thank you, God, that your spirit is working in me, giving me the desire and the ability to do and be what is pleasing to you. And so I'm trusting the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I'm trusting the word of God on the inside of me to come in and change things up and radically alter them um, so that I can be, you know, who I am in the spirit realm. Right. Like I was given the, the spirit of God. And so I'm going to trust the spirit of the God of God on the inside of me to transform me, to change my thinking. I'm going to expose myself to the word. I'm going to sow the word of God in my heart. It is eternal. It's indestructible. And I'm going to make sure that my heart is good ground. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm watering that seed. I am, you know, meditating on that seed. If anything rises up against it, I'm going to, you know, uproot that, uproot the weeds, get the stinking thinking out and believe God and expose myself to the word of God. And let me just encourage you, like, Ask God to make it plain to you. You've got his spirit on the inside of you. The scripture says that we have the mind of Christ, that you have the spirit of someone, you have access to their thoughts, and God is going to change your mind. He's going to transform you. That's why he gave you his spirit, and his spirit is alive to him. It's responsive to him. So if you just stay with the process, if you just stick with it, ultimately God is going, that, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that's on the inside of you is going to bring life to, to, your, to your spirit, your mortal body. It's going to just renovate you it's going to move around the furniture and get you all right on the inside um so give it time man stand your ground and eventually you will see and think as god does um so for my story you know i told you guys as early as july the lord has been bringing insight to me has been bringing revelation to me and it's so cool to see how i handle my plan going to pot because i think before i would get really upset and be like god why aren't you doing this i get offended in my heart but I am now in a space where it's like, it's, it's team me and you. I'm going to protect our oneness. I'm going to protect, I call it the spirit of we-ness. It is me and God, team me and God, <laughs> same team, team me and God. And we're working on this because his heart is good towards me. He desires to prosper me. I'm going to stand and stay rooted in the word of God for my life. And so it's been funny to watch how my employment situation has, has shaken down, has, 
how my perspective, how God has changed me in the midst of a circumstance that is not my first or as a friend told me my eighth choice, but how I'm purposing to go, okay, God, use me in this space because you're not going to hurt me. You are a good father. You're not trying to take anything away from me. You know, if anything, you're trying to set me up for whatever you see around the corner because God is a good dad, right? It talks about in Luke 11, God is a better father than than any anybody could be. And so, you know, if you wouldn't give your son a snake, God is only interested in giving you good gifts. You know, when you ask for bread, he is like, how much bread do you want? You know, and he's not going to hurt us. And so if I'm begging for something that's going to hurt me, he's not going to give it to me. If he sees down the road and goes, you need to have this discipline in your life. You need to have this experience. I know you don't want to do this right now, but I've set it up so that it's OK for you. You know, you you don't have any demand. You're good. You can handle it he's going to make sure that I'm ready for the next thing. And I've just got to trust. That's what it's, that's what it's been about for me as of late, trusting that he's got my best in heart, that he's covered my interests. He's like, no, no, no. I've, I've got my hand in my mind on that. I'm already working, you know, three, four, five, however many years, whatever, working things out for you that you don't even know about that you can possibly foresee. Um, and so it's been about trusting his good heart for me. But again, I can only know that his heart is good for me by knowing what his word says about him, by trusting him, by fellowshipping with him and and being convinced that that is the truth whenever the enemy comes with lies. So, man, I encourage you get to know your father, get to know your covenant and you stand and be firm and be strong, be unwavering, be convinced, be fully persuaded that the God that promised you is completely capable of delivering on his promise. I'll talk to you guys next time. 